This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out knocked out so your only choice should be go focus on what you can control 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 hi everyone and welcome to the Kara golden show join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders we'll talk with founders entrepreneurs ceos and really some of the most interesting people of our time can't wait to get started let's go let's go Today's episode is a bonus episode. I hope you enjoy it, and please make sure to tune in Monday for a brand new episode of The Kara Golden Show. Enjoy! You know, this everybody's talking about the great resignation and people trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. And while I went through that almost 17 years ago now, I have hope for the fact that I think a lot of people are thinking about doing things that they're really excited about. I believe that none of us can move forward unless we create and disrupt. This is The Safari. The Safari is a around the consumer, brand, and retailing industry. And we have the great privilege here at my company, Traub, to really be exposed to many of the great minds of the industry who are forming and shaping the future of many different parts of the consumer, brand, and retail world. And I felt it was quite interesting for us to be able to not only learn from all of those people as we do every day, but uh, memorialize it into a podcast, which could then be shared with many of our friends and clients and, and you, obviously, the listener. Welcome back to The Safari. This is Morty Singer speaking. Today, we're going to speak to Kara Golden, who is the founder of Hint Water, which is a very well-known unsweetened flavored water. She's won numerous awards uh, for everything that she's done from so many magazines, I can't even list them, uh, and including, you know, in certain magazines alongside of the likes of Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, she's a force of nature, this one. Um, previously, Cara was the VP of shopping at e-commerce at AOL, where she helped lead the growth of its shopping and e-commerce business to over a billion dollars in revenue. And she's today an active speaker, uh, as well as the being the founder of, of Hint, but she is um, the host of the Cara Golden Show and the author of Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, uh, which was published by Harper's, Harper Leadership. We're going to talk a lot about the resilience that it takes to be an entrepreneur and being undaunted by the hill in front of one. So please stick around. Cara Golden, welcome to the Safari. Thank you so much for doing this. How are you? Thrilled to be on here with you. 
Great. Where does this where does this podcast find you? I am in Marin County, mm, and uh, it's a beautiful day today. Yeah, just outside of San Francisco. So, as you know, I um, love interviewing people like you who have such an incredible background and not just obviously because you're the founder of Hint, which we'll talk about, but you know, the way you got here, the way you had a very, I would say, omni background in the sense that you touched many different parts of the industry and ways of thinking. Uh, and even before founding the company, you were really incredibly plugged into to, to media and you're a very left and right brain person. And it's really cool for us to, as usual, for those who who, who follow this podcast know that I I'm I have a thing for left and right brain people. So tell us a little bit about your background because it's so important. Pre-hint, you know, uh, AOL days, e-commerce businesses. Um, you're even talking and doing the rounds, being a being a motivator of people before hint. So talk about sort of that platform and that history because it's it's fascinating. Yeah, well, I uh, I started my career in media in the magazine industry, and that, after a few years, led to really what I look back on as my first startup. I worked uh, for a uh, what would con- be considered today a late stage startup. You never heard this out of uh, the founder Ted Turner's mouth, but I worked at CNN. I was in about forty percent of households, and um, you know it's incredible. I think back a lot because that was the first place that I really saw an entrepreneur, a visionary entrepreneur put stakes in the ground, as I say, around the brand and, and really believe. And I think it's part of the thing that all leadership needs to have, no matter if you're the founder or a CEO, you've got to believe because if you don't believe, no one else is going to believe. And so I was there for a few years. I moved out to Silicon Valley uh, with my fiance and the only brand that I associated with the Bay Area uh, was Apple. I had had an Apple when I was in college. I bought it because it was uh, I was doing a bunch of papers. Didn't want to do it on a typewriter. I didn't want a giant machine in my in my college dorm room. So I bought this cute little iMac with a um, with an Apple on it and uh, wanted to know who created such a thing and looked at looked it up and found that it was a guy, Steve Jobs. I thought, this is where I want to work. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. 
They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. But I'm not an engineer. I'm not a product person. So I'm not sure how I'm going to get a role there. While I was doing research, that's when I ran across this little company 
that was a Steve Jobs idea inside of Apple that Apple decided not to continue. So uh, five people that worked for Steve decided to spin it out. And uh, it was in a little in a little office, uh, just one level above a garage, basically. Um, but it was doing CD-ROM shopping. So mm. this is 1994. CD-ROMs. There you go. CD-ROM shopping. And I cold called the guy that was I found in an article. And I said, I just moved here from New York. I'd love to come and talk to you about... Uh, this company. I kept thinking maybe Steve is like hiding out in this office somewhere and I can meet him. Uh, that didn't happen. But instead, I left the meeting with uh, a potential job offer. They said, oh, you helped CNN try and figure out how to actually sell something when you didn't have metrics and, you know, all those things that uh, basically airtime was was based on. And that's when I... Um, I said, you know, what's the worst that can happen if I take a job with these guys and it doesn't work out? I can always go back to CNN. I can always go do something else. And um, that was really the the beginning of e-commerce. I mean, looking back on it, 1994 was, uh, you know, the CD-ROM days. It was it was crazy. My role was to go into retailers and get them to set up a store on uh, the CD-ROM disc. This is when people faxed orders in. It was, you know, good times, crazy times, but so many stories. I talk about it in my book, Undaunted. People meeting with Mickey Drexler at The Gap and trying to encourage him to set up the storefront. Uh, and then one of our investors, uh, America Online, decided to acquire us. And it was a couple of years in. I had never been through an acquisition before. And they asked me to run this thing called shopping partnerships. I didn't have a budget. You built quite I, a big business back then. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, there was, we didn't know what the business would be. In fact, it was, there was a big, bigger focus on news and, and sports and, and some of these other channels versus shopping. And my role was to grow it and populate it and see what happens. It's early. Um, well, anyway, fast forward seven years, it was a billion dollars in revenue to AOL. I was on the plane all the time. I had young kids. Um, 9-11 had just happened. And I thought, you know what? I want to live in San Francisco. I don't want to be on the plane. I want to see my family. And that's when I decided to take a couple of years off. I kept thinking that I would stay in tech. There were a lot of tech companies in the Bay Area. And one second, just to put it into perspective, a billion dollars online 20 plus years ago is... It was probably most of e-commerce happening then, period. It was a huge yeah, business. No, it, was, it was crazy. And there's so many crazy stories mm-hmm. you know, along the way. Things like I viewed what I did as starting an online mall. Yeah. And yeah. I would you know, study Westfield and some of the mall developers. I would go and meet with them. I would try and figure out like, you know, how do I get... Nordstrom's to yep. be involved in what we're doing. And, and in order to get Nordstrom's, I had to get other anchors that they were interested in being alongside all these things. But again, there was no roadmap. There was nobody telling me, here's what you need to do. It was just go try. So when I decided to leave primarily because I really, I built something significant, managing a team of a couple hundred people, I thought now it's time to go find something more local that I'm not on the plane all the time. And during that time, I was 
you know, interviewing a little bit, but also looking around what I was putting in my kids' bodies. And I had these young kids, had never focused on that before, but I was somewhat fascinated by ingredients. And as I was preaching to them, don't have apple juice, don't do this, don't do this, I thought, I'm a hypocrite. Like I've, I, I drink diet Coke all day long yeah. and this stuff, I don't even know what I'm putting in my body. So I decided to quit. I've been drinking diet Coke since I was in high school. I was a competitive gymnast. I didn't ever think that there was anything wrong um, until that moment when I saw the ingredient label. And when I gave it up, that's when I was thirsty and I started drinking water and I thought, this is going to kill me. Like drinking water is so boring. <laughs> I can't do it. And so I started slicing up fruit. You can commiserate with my wife. Exactly. She feels exactly as you do. Yeah. And I knew I needed to. I was very dehydrated. I was thirsty, but it was boring. So I started slicing up fruit and putting it in pitchers in the refrigerator. People would come over to my house and say, this is so innovative. And I'm like, I just put fruit in water. It's not really that innovative. And But then the one problem I saw was that it would only last for like two days at most. And then it started tasting gross and, you know, get sort of soft and all those things that happen. And so I went to my local store and I looked for a product that I could buy that just had fruit and water. And I was amazed at the category as a whole. First of all, I didn't want any sweeteners in it because I realized that these diet sweeteners were the thing that were, that was actually keeping me from doing some of the things that I wanted to do, including losing weight. And uh, I had developed terrible acne that I never even thought was, you know, ever curable. I, I never associated what I was putting into my body as the thing that would help me cure these things. Mm -hmm. And that's when, after giving up diet soda for two and a half weeks, I lost over 20 pounds, cleared up my skin. And I thought, I bet there's a lot of other people out there who are having the same problem and they give up. They spend a lot of money on diets. They never associate it with diet sweeteners. And so when I went into the local store to find this product with just fruit and water in it, no preservatives, no sweeteners, I had no idea what I was up against. People ask me all the time, did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Nope. And still to this day, I share with people, you know, sometimes if you think too much about the end, you'll never get past the beginning. Hey, Kara here. We are thrilled you are listening with us, and I hope you're enjoying this episode. I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many amazing guests over the past few years, and there are so many more to come. I cannot wait. And my focus is on entrepreneurs and CEOs real innovators and leaders who are making a difference. That's what I'm looking forward to bringing you. One of the reasons I enjoy interviewing many of my guests is that I get to learn. We all need to hear stories that teach us to be better, inspire us, and help us get through those challenging moments. I can't remember the last time I had a guest that didn't leave me feeling like a major hurdle had been overcome. We just don't hear these stories enough. And when we do, we learn to be smarter and stronger. Don't you agree? Episodes are concise but packed with amazing info that you will surely be inspired by. Do me a favor and send me a DM 
and tell me what you think about each interview that you get a chance to be inspired by. And if you are so inclined, please leave one of those five-star reviews for The Kara Golden Show on one of your favorite podcast platforms as well. Reviews really, really help. Now, let's get back to this episode. Well, that, well, well, well so let's just jump in on that because your, your book is called Undaunted. If we, talk, if we try and divide this, this conversation into two, two halves, the, the first half being the entrepreneurial part, and then the second part being, let's call it the motivator or inspirational leader that you are uh, to many people in how you show up and how you uh, have your show and you have your, 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 your media platform today is about t- telling people to be undaunted and using resilience uh, and, and sort of fostering resilience through, through that sort of mantra of being undaunted. So how, how you were just talking about, you know, moment zero. Uh, of hint, right? Of this notion, or maybe minus one even, whereby you said, well, I can't find it anywhere. And you had no second, there was no thought in your mind to not proceed. In fact, I think you took out $50,000 and tried to pitch your husband uh, on, you know, hey, we're doing this. And thankfully he came along for the ride. Um, so, but but how does on being undaunted feature in your journey and the, the entrepreneurial journey in general of others who you've spoken to, who've, who I'm sure you've made many friends along the way, who've also been entrepreneurs and founders. I think that I led and I've always led my life by allowing my curiosity to lead me um, in, in a direction. What I've realized over time that people often think that my journey, uh, you know, starting with even moving from Arizona uh, to New York City and walking into the offices of time and saying, I really want to work here. Um, actually at fortune magazine, one of the time publications at the time. And I feel like that I never knew that that was strange, that that was different. I really, but other people would call it out as I wouldn't have the courage to get up and get on an airplane and go to New York. And for me, the experience, the, um, the, the, you know, what if it actually works? If it doesn't work, I'll, t- I'll share with a friend why it didn't work or whatever. But if you don't actually do something, the regrets will be much more powerful. And, and I guess that's what I mean by living undaunted. Um, when I started Hint, again, I didn't view it as starting a company. I said, wouldn't it be so cool to get a product on the shelf at Whole Foods? And when, when I barely talked to a person who was merchandising product in the San Francisco Whole Foods, uh, and I, I asked him, how do I get a product on the shelf? He said, Oh, are you asking about the local merchant, uh, program that we have? And I said, Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Like that's it. And I said, What's the local merchant program? And he said, Oh. I thought that that was what you were talking about. And I said, how do I get a product into the local merchant program? And he said, well, you have to produce the product locally. Okay. I had been making this in my kitchen. Uh, and he said, and then you have to get a UPC code. You have to have a name for the product. He basically laid it out for me. And all of a sudden, I, it, it's like it, it almost became, he had gamified it for me in some way where I thought, this, this might be really fun while I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Yeah, he gave you some hoops to jump through until you jumped right? through. Yeah. And so I went, I 
went home and I wrote a business plan and I thought this will be really fun. And if nothing else, I, I'll be a great guest at a dinner party when people say, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? I started beverage and it was, you know, and it failed, right? Or whatever it is. We'll be right back. I want to take a second to explain to you why Traub is able to bring you the safari. We pride ourselves in being at the very center of a very global, very complicated consumer and retail landscape. And in our travels, as we help think, manage, and expand businesses in many different channels and geographies, we're able to meet and learn from some of the great minds in this industry. And it's really wonderful to be able to bring them to you. And in doing so, I hope that you, the listener, will be able to learn a little bit more about what we do at Traub as well. Back to the safari. So, so talk to me about product development because I love product development and I, can, I have this image of what you had to do to go and create the product. And some people produce a product in their kitchen and others go to a contract manufacturer and say, I want to do this. And they look at them, in your case, probably like you had three heads and said, that's not possible. And so how did you get to where you needed to get to, to be preservative free and be clean or whatever the, the terms are? Uh, how, how did that happen? Well, great question. So basically, you know, once I, once I knew I was going to do this, and again, I never talked about it as starting a company. For me, it was just getting a product on the shelf at Whole Foods, which sounds a lot less daunting uh, than actually going and starting a company. But I was, uh, I had been making it in my kitchen. I knew in order to scale the product that I needed to find a contract manufacturer. And so I started calling around. I started doing some research and calling around. So the first question that every one of these people said to me is, okay, you're starting this company. Where did you, where were you before? They were sizing me up, like wanting to know if I knew what I was doing. And the I- CNN and AOL, of course. I, I was at AOL. I ran, you know, okay, what <laughs> I, I'm on America Online. I'm in the chat rooms. I mean, it, they just had no idea what, I had built, but they also sized me up pretty quickly that I, I was probably a risk, right? That I would, in their mind, that I would not be able to figure this thing out. And then when I dropped the bomb to say that my specs were no sweeteners and no preservatives, it was like, well, we can't do that. And I think it's interesting because I didn't grow up in the beverage space, so I didn't really know what I couldn't do. I wanted this product as a consumer, but I didn't want the preservatives. But the, when I asked these quest, this question of contract manufacturers, I said, well, why is that? And they said, you just can't. And some of them were paying up the phone or, you know, many stories around that. But I thought the, the one thing that I kept asking, which I felt like I had permission to do that from the tech industry was I would say, why? I, I was not afraid to ask why. And I think like growing up in the tech industry in many ways to, there was no blueprint. When I, wa- when I jumped into the, the beverage industry, there were a ton of people that were, that felt like they had more experience. And so therefore they were a better risk, right? And they didn't want, they thought I was, you know, some crazy, arrogant tech executive that was going to go launch a beverage company and whatever. Mm-hmm. So 
first I had to find somebody that would take a chance on me. And that's when I took $50,000 out. I found a um, contract manufacturer in, in Chicago. The original name of the company that I had dreamed up, uh, as my husband said, I had been spending too much time with my young babies at this point uh, when he heard the name Wawa. And he said, okay, this sounds like a really crazy idea, but please don't call it Wawa because uh, first of all, there's this you know, little, not so little store in Pennsylvania. He grew up in New York and he's like, they'll crush you. He's also an attorney. Uh, so he was like, this is a really bad idea. And then um, that's when I came up with the name for Hint. But, you know, it, it, so many stories. Um, and again, I think there are lessons learned is that, you know, I think actually coming, being an outsider, being willing to, learn, being willing to, you know, show up at our bottler uh, when the only time that they would give me was midnight, right? They were running everybody else's product. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, uh, and every other week, yeah. Midnight on, on, on uh, Mondays, every other week. So let, let's talk a little bit about, um, about brand because I love brand stories. I love the enmeshing of of a, of a personality and a brand, uh, and using the platform to inspire confidence in people, trust, hope, uh, health, uh, which is, I think, uh, intrinsically part of your message about being, you know, helping people get into health or, or, or stay remaining in health. And, and I love as my, one of my family members, uh, who is at YouTube uh, often reminds me the best brands are those who are able to be their own influencers and to have their own, you know, video, uh, videographers and have their own content development and all the rest of it. And I think that, um, your ability to do that and this term founderism keeps on coming up. And I've interviewed on this podcast, dozens of founders who, have used that platform to be their own marketers. Um, talk, talk a little bit about so some of the, the, the tricks of the trade and how you did that and how, how, how often you had to keep you know, that beat, that drum beat going. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I didn't intend to actually share my story early on, but in addition to launching a product on the shelf and launching a new company, what I realized pretty quickly was that I was, that my idea um, no one else was doing an unsweetened flavored still water was actually launching an entirely new category. Yep. So anytime you're launching a new category in any industry, there's a lot of education. And, and I think especially when you don't have competitors, um, you know, something I, I fully believe now is that the, you know, competition is not a bad thing, right? When competition starts to show up, you mm -hmm. initially think like, oh God, it's, it's, it's all over when competition shows up, it actually grows the category and people, it helps you to educate the consumer a lot more when there's a lot more people out there, especially when the, the big guys show up as, as they have over the years for hint, all you can do is control what you can control and do the best you can. But going back to those early days, I, I really believed, especially having a, you know, understanding of advertising from my media days that I couldn't, you know, it was sort of a reach and frequency thing. If I went and bought a billboard and said, Hey, here's hint, and we're doing unsweetened water, unsweetened flavored water, I better be ready to spend a lot of money uh, to get that frequency out there. And 
couldn't afford, couldn't even imagine afford affording, you know, commercials or radio or any of that kind of stuff when we were first getting going. And so the the key thing that I realized, actually the first day that we had a bottle on the shelf at Whole Foods, we heard from a consumer who said that they love this product um, and they really needed a product that made water taste better, that didn't have sweeteners in it. And he shared with me that he had uh, this new disease to me called type 2 diabetes. And type 2 diabetes was probably 1% of the U.S. had this. And he would share, he shared the story. I got on the phone with him. And it was at that moment when I asked him, like, so what kind of doctor do you go to, to to determine that you have this? How do you, like, are there any... Um, organizations that you talk to. And I thought, if I can actually show up at these organizations, then that's how I build my audience. And the only expense that I have is actually the cost of the product. And so we started doing events. Um, it, it's helpful when you have a water product because um, things like fun runs and and that have an initiative. And that's the other thing that I figured out too. When people are going to an event like a you know breast cancer awareness, they're very passionate about a cause. When you see a brand associated with a cause that a consumer really cares about, they get a great feeling about your brand. And, and so even though those weren't specifically my causes, I felt like I wanted to support those causes. And, you know, over the years, I've always said cause agnostic because there's so many different health related issues that I think are helpful to people. But I think what I found was just sharing my story yep. that people would put it into their own world, yep. right? That, and, and they would create their own story around why this product was important to them. And, you know, over the years too, from a PR standpoint, I think people often would ask me to come and talk about Hint and why I started the company, the number one reason why I was getting in the early days was because I had moved from tech. And it was so crazy to move from tech, a successful tech job into, I was, you know, I guess in their mind, recruitable. I built something great. I, you know, could have gone and worked at a lot of things, but I decided to go back down to the bottom again and go and start something. But then when people would start to hear the story. That meaning and the story has meaning. I mean, it's. Yeah. And, and so it was, it was really, that's how the story started to be told. So, so, you know, it's interesting as we, as we, you know, obviously there's the hint part of it then, but then there's the you part of it, as I mentioned earlier around how you use um, resilience uh, to inspire other young entrepreneurs, uh, for example. And that it, it, it dawns on me that you you may be some kind of a stoic in the ancient Grecian sense of the word, whereby the obstacle is the way. Uh, and I, I read a story, and maybe this is a, a something for you to recount about how um, how you gained Amazon by losing Starbucks, uh, and how in fact that obstacle was indeed uh, a huge path, uh, and it wasn't something to cry over at the time, but maybe it was a sting. Uh, but it actually opened up that experience had opened up huge pathways for you. And uh, that's a, that's a, a lesson in stoicism for young entrepreneurs that something that seems bad 
today might actually be quite powerful tomorrow. Can you, can you tell that story about what happened when, when Starbucks, Starbucks to Amazon? Sure. Frankly, it, it more than stopped. I, it was a, it was a, uh, it really, really hurt. We got into, got our product hint into Starbucks. When that happened, that was, that's a highlight in the timeline of, of hint for sure. We went into over 6,000 stores. We were, you know, took us six months to really hit the goals that they wanted us to hit. But then we really took off after six months. We were in for 18 months and we were doing triple what the revenue goals were. And every day I walked, I woke up and looked at the sales data and was, um, you know, pretty proud of what we were doing and how it just kept growing. And then suddenly I got an email from the Starbucks buyer, a brand new buyer. And she said, uh, I've got bad news for you. I'm like, can't be that bad. We're doing triple the, you know, revenue. And I'm, I'm sure uh, we can, let, let's hear it. And she said, we're going to put food in yeah. the case, we've changed strategy. This comes from higher margin. Schultz's office. Uh, you know, I uh, I said when she said next week. Gulp. I said, wow. I mean, I had product that had been produced. I had investors that I had to go back. It was um, it was awful, and it was. Uh, I had a lot of. I hated Howard Schultz. I hated this new buyer. I mean, they, like there were a lot of things, right? After a couple of days, I thought, I have to figure out what to do with this product. I mean, it's sitting in the warehouse. It's going to go bad. And that's when I went into my inbox and suddenly Amazon buyer emails me. And he said, uh, by the way, um, I buy your product every morning with my latte at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And um, I need this product as fast as possible. How soon can I get it? So I call him up and I said, Coincidentally, <laughs> wire the money to me. I've actually done an overrun of product. I didn't tell him that we had been kicked out of Starbucks. And uh, he said, terrific. Yeah, let's get that over so that I can get it up. And um, anyway, we became one of the number one products no, on Amazon great. really quickly. And and what's it even goes full circle because at this point, I was, we were in for about a year and doing incredibly well. And then the buyer said to me, not that we were kicked out. Uh, we still do tons of business on Amazon with Hint. But he said, the thing that's really interesting about the Hint consumer that's different than other consumers for other beverage companies that we sell, but beverage products that we sell is that that consumer has a healthy halo and they buy products in other departments. So they'll buy products in sports. They'll buy products in, um, you know, personal care that really says that this consumer is healthy. Yeah. And so the leading indicator, yeah, it's good. That's terrific. I said, you know, the reason I started this company was to get myself healthier. And so would you mind sharing a few emails? I'd really love to talk to those consumers. I've always, you know, really believed you can find a lot of answers by talking to consumers. And uh, he said, Jeff Bezos won't give you the emails. And, and uh, you know, I was quite sure that Jeff wouldn't. Knowing him from my AOL days, I thought that's probably not, he's probably correct. So I remember coming back to San Francisco that night and thinking that the only way I'm actually going to get this information 
is to launch our direct-to-consumer business at drinkhint.com. And that the consumer needs to see everything we do. And that I'll always have retailers that stock, you know, five of your top flavors or whatever it is, but we all, we have to have one central location where they can go. We may not be the cheapest. We weren't there to compete with Amazon. I'll build an email list. And if I would have had that email list when we were booted out of Starbucks, then I would have been able to have a way to communicate with the consumers who were buying the product in Starbucks. So, so many lessons that come out of uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of headwind, right? Totally. Totally. And so that, that is the, that is really the lesson, you know, learned and a big believer sometimes as Steve Jobs would say, the dots eventually connect and, um, and, you know, you've, you've got to just keep figuring out how to move forward. So I like to, uh, sadly we're at, at time, but I, I like to end with um, some, some, some positive, uh, you know, vibes uh, going out into the ether. So, you know, what are the things you're excited about uh, in general? Um, anything, you know, that, uh, that you want to share about um, what you're up to or the universe in general or anywhere in between that, that is um, something to leave us with? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that I'm really, really excited about is, you know, this, everybody's talking about the great resignation and people trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. And while I went through that almost 17 years ago now, I have hope for the fact that I think a lot of people are thinking about doing things that they're really excited about. I believe that none of us can move forward unless we create and disrupt. And, uh, and so I'm hopeful that we are going to see a surge of new companies and new industries that are uh, things that we had never thought about, things that you know maybe people never would have done if it wasn't for the last couple of years of everyone's life. Um, so I think that that's, I, I think we're in a big movement right now that is going to be pretty exciting for the world. Cara Golden, that's a very, very good way to end this podcast uh, with a big optimistic note. Thank you so much for joining me on the safari. Cara Golden, founder of Hint. Thanks for having me. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.